Welcome to the Life Launch Podcast. My name is Heather Borsma. I'm a certified business coach who helps mama entrepreneurs double their business with more heart and less hustle. Want to learn how? Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the Life Launch Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Amberly Devers, a Christian life and business coach who helps Christian life coaches make money. She's also a mom of five and a multiple six-figure earner. And so today, we're going to talk about how to set a money goal, if it's okay to set a money goal, and all the thoughts and feelings that come up when we do. So before we dive into that, welcome here. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, anything I missed, and maybe even a fun fact about you. So I am Amberly Devers. I live in South Carolina, and we are currently building a barn dominium on 72 acres. And I have five children. My oldest is about to be 15 um, in a couple weeks. And so they'll be 15, 13, 11, 9, and 7. And our fifth is adopted all the way from the state of Florida. A fun fact about me is that I am an army brat. So I went to, I think I've lost count, but I think I went to like a different school every year until the sixth grade. And then I went to another school in the 10th grade. Wow. (laughs) And then I went to a bunch of different colleges. So, okay. So tell us a little bit about your journey of how you started your business and what that looked like for you. Well, it's really interesting. My background is actually in education. So I was an early childhood educator for five years. And then when I I had my oldest, my husband and I had decided, and I had my lifelong dream had just been basically to be a stay-at-home mom with a lot of kids. Um, so I was being a stay-at-home mom with, in fact, a lot of kids. And I actually realized that I had been struggling with anxiety and depression for a number of years. And so it all kind of came to a head when my fourth was about four or five months old. So that was before I discovered life coaching, but I did a lot of work to overcome and feel like the Lord actually rescued me from that through some various means of mindset work and recovery. So when that happened, things in my brain were no longer jumbled up. There was like these new parts of me that had never been discovered. And after I went through kind of this mental and emotional transformation, I then started to work on the physical. So I had joined an online fitness and nutrition program and lost 25 pounds and finally felt good like heart, mind, and body. Um, In this little fitness and nutrition program, you could refer people to the program and you would make $100, okay? So I was like, well, I'm going to I'm going to refer 30 people so I can make $3,000 to buy this sofa that I wanted. So I'm like calling all my friends and they've already seen me have this physical transformation. So everybody's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's this program. You've got to do it." And in fact, if you do it, and I have 30 people, I like, I'm actually going to win a trip. And that's when I discovered there was this part of me I didn't know existed in terms of money and numbers and goals and things like that. I had no idea. So the irony is I then went on to get a certification in this program and I actually became one of the coaches because I saw the numbers and I saw the math and I was like, wait a second. I'm already helping all these people. They're asking me questions about this program. I need to figure out how to scale this so I'm not just getting this referral fee. So that's when it all started clicking for me. I've never balanced a checkbook. 
my husband to this day will tell you like I'm the worst with managing money. I'm like, honey, I'm a business coach. I'm fine with my business money. The irony is I did get the $3,000 from that personal challenge I gave myself. And it was 10 months later, I had made almost $100,000 in this business I started. I think it was around like mid 70s. And I still had not bought the couch. Because I was having so much fun serving my clients and just enjoying being a coach and setting the goals that it took me, I think, like two more years before I ever actually bought the couch. It wasn't even that important when I really started learning. And so then when did you transition from that kind of coaching to, was that already your business coaching then? That was not my business coaching. So. And that's what I love so much with business coaching for women, especially for faith-based women, is a lot of times I see women being held back because like me, they also started somewhere else. And they're like, oh, well, I can't change it because people are going to have an opinion about that and they get stuck. Then there's the other women who haven't ever started anything. So they have their own host of fears and things holding them back as well. What happened was when I was starting this um, fitness and nutrition program and coaching that, what made me a good coach and what made my clients successful wasn't just the piece about fitness and nutrition. It was the journey I had personally walked through to overcome the mindset that made the fitness and nutrition journey successful. So that's what made me a really great coach. And I rose to like the top 1% of that company like year after year after year. But when I first decided I wanted to do that coaching, I also wanted to add a component to my business where, yes, I did the fitness and nutrition, but for people people who needed to go deeper, I wanted to coach with like life coaching and mindset stuff and heart issues and anxiety and depression. And because some of the clients that didn't have as much success, their holdup was their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to kind of have an umbrella company that was heart, mind, and body, but that was met with some opposition in terms of um, legalities and whatnot. So I wasn't actually able to add that and I didn't want to confuse my audience. So I stuck with that coaching that program for a number of years. So then in June of 2020 was when I was really scared because it was going to be completely on my own. It wasn't somebody else's program. I didn't have a partner. It was all me and I was super scared and it really just came down to courage where I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to like disciple my teenagers and into the hard things of life that God might be calling them if I, I was 42 at the time, am too afraid to do this big girl thing. And Mm -hmm. so I was just like going all in, afraid or not, I'm doing this. And for a year, well, really till I hit my first 100,000, I was just general life coaching, focused my marketing on anxiety and depression and overwhelm in women But what was really fun for me was like 98% of my clients were actually entrepreneurs. So I found myself, and this is what I always say, how you show up in life is how you show up in business. So what you're struggling with in life, you will struggle in that area in your business as well. So all these entrepreneurs needed life coaching and business coaching. And then it was August of 2021. I really felt the Lord just be like, you are going to be the business coach for Christian life coaches. So do you mind sharing how much you are setting out to make this year? Sure. Um, I have a revenue goal of 500K. 
I launched my program, which is the Christian Life Coach Academy, how you can have a one-on-one life coaching business that is simple, easy, and it's not, you know, as moms, especially burning ourselves out and abandoning our families in the process. My passion is to help Christian life coaches make an impact while making significant income while maintaining biblical influence with the ones they love most. So how do you balance that? And that's actually how I hit my first 100K. I didn't work um, after 3 p.m. I was no longer working nights. I wasn't working on anything on the weekends and really learned how to have a balanced life around business and motherhood and family. So my revenue goal for 20, what are we in? 2022 is 500K. Um, I launched the Academy, and actually, today is the day that I um, am about to have my first ever 50K month. Wow. That's exciting. Amazing. Congratulations. And so in 2021, what what was your goal and what did you hit in 2021? My goal in 2021 was actually to hit 200K. And I hit around 130 or 140. That intentionally happened because there were just a lot of life things. And I just was to the point where I was like, it is time for me to scale this business. And so I I didn't bring any more one-on-one clients in toward the end of the year. And so I paused Mm -hmm. and created the academy and then needed to learn how to market it and needed to learn how to sell it because it was new. It's so interesting. We have so many parallels in our stories that I didn't even realize. Like I was also a teacher before coaching, also dealt with anxiety, found the the life coaching tools as a part of my healing process, made hundred K my first year. 200 was my goal last year. 500 is my goal this year. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Oh my goodness. And I, and just speaking of that and just women, especially Christian women, encouraging one another. It's like, there's no competition, right? Like there is a certain amount of people that God has planned and purpose to work with you this year, as well as me. And just being able to like, know that we kind of have the same goals and cheer each other on. That's super fun. Yeah. I love it so much. And why I was asking about your financial goals is because I think it's sometimes scary for us as women and also as women who have a faith perspective to think about and talk about money and make big goals that are financial goals. I'll find myself saying, but it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. Have you ever come up against this in your own life or with your clients? And how do you kind of navigate that whole world of having this value for generosity and service and then also having a financial goal. I had a conversation with my husband last year and I was like, this is where I'm headed. This is what I'm thinking my revenue goal is going to be for next year. I said, but you know, where should I stop? Like to Mm. me, this making of money is almost like a sport. I'm not athletic. Mm. So this is the only athletic ability I have. And it's really fun for me. I I asked my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm getting really scared. He's like, why are you getting really scared? I was like, because I see the potential to really make a lot of money. And that's frightening to me. Is it wrong? Where should I draw the line to be like, nope, that's too much. People aren't going to be comfortable with that. And you're a woman and you're a Christian. He was like, nothing's too much. Because the more money that God enables you to make through the gifts and the talents that He's given you is that much more money that you're able to give for kingdom purposes. 
and in generosity. And I was like, oh my goodness. So then I'm like on a major mission because our church is growing. So I'm like, oh my gosh, if the Lord helps me make this much money, then this much money gets to go into the building fund. And so it's just fun for me because that is what the Lord has made me enjoy. And there is also a way to do that as Christians. Like if He's enabled His children to make significant amount of money so that they can give back to the work he's doing on earth. Why would we not do that? Mm -hmm. I have people who are just like, I don't know. I'm just not really comfortable with making a lot of money. I just don't know that it's right. I'm like, well, if you're so like righteous and holy and you have the ability to do it, why don't you make it all and give it all away? And they're like, right. Conversation changes a little bit. I think it was Jody Moore talking on the Life Coach School podcast, and she was talking about how money is neutral and it actually just amplifies who we already are. Mm -hmm. So if you are already a really generous person, money is not going to make you less generous. It's going to amplify the generosity that you already possess. And if you're a really selfish person, money's not necessarily going to make you more selfish. It's just going to amplify that and reveal it. Right. So right. when I coach my clients who have all kinds of businesses, I say to them, like, I want you to be rich because you're such a beautiful, generous person. Like you're the one I want to have the money because the money in the hands of heart-centered women is one of the safest, most impactful, purposeful places it can be. Right. And that's why I have a passion in Christian woman business money base to say, why are we not setting the example of mm-hmm. kingdom generosity and giving and using the resources and the talents that God has given us unto Him? Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about keeping the money? Like, I know, I think for us as women of faith, talking about giving is like the safe, comfy place. Cause it's like, okay, well I'll make as much as I want it, knowing that I'll give a lot of it away. But there's like this space between having what I need and giving everything else. Where is the line there? Is it okay to have some and keep some for yourself and enjoy it? Like, what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> I mean, it is for me. So um, <laughs> kind of the way it works here is we take 10% off the top. Mm-hmm. So I tithe, I don't know, and if people aren't familiar with that, you can like look it up. Right now we're building a house. I have five children that are going to be going to college. Um, we have two embraces. So like it also costs a significant amount of money to like live nowadays. So I have no problems spending the amount that I feel like the Lord is like, hey, this is your part to do whatever you want with. Um, I mean, I want to be a wise steward, but I also don't mind spending money. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So (laughs) women who are listening, who are wanting to grow their business this year, if you were to give some advice about not just the strategy, but like the mindset work of making money, what is the thought that has helped you make the money that you're making and maybe something that they could borrow in their own business? I don't, I cannot say 100% that I have any money thoughts. Hmm. I know that sounds really bizarre. I say, pick your number. Like, let's not be unrealistic. Like, don't be like, hey, I'm starting my business tomorrow and I'm going to like set a goal to make a million this year. Like, Mm -hmm. there is some reality to what your revenue should look like. But whatever that goal is that you choose, see, for me, it was never about the number. It always boiled down to 
um, feeling incapable, feeling inadequate, feelings of rejection, right? Like they're not going to want what I'm offering. I don't have what it takes to reach this goal, right? Because the money and the goal, whatever that revenue goal is, is just a circumstance. And Mm -hmm. what we know is that no matter, you take away the circumstance and put in a new one and those same misbeliefs that we have about ourselves and our ability to do X, Y, or Z are going to be there. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I can't say there was just like a money thought or anything. It was just that whatever the circumstance was, whatever it was that I was gearing toward and I was wanting to make happen always resulted in thoughts that I wouldn't be able to. And so that's where I focused was whatever those thoughts Mm. were that were coming up. Right. So it sounds like you upgraded your thoughts about your own value and purpose and identity and worthiness. And then that just overflowed into your business. Yeah. Stepping one step at a time into just deliberate thoughts. I call it renewed thought creation. Yeah. Just over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And when the goal increases, do you find that you come up against those old thoughts of like, can I do it? Do they, do the people want what I have to offer or has that changed at all for you? Nope. Those same things still like to pop up, Mm -hmm. right? Where you feel tired and you feel sad and you feel exhausted and you think that I have to do mentally is the transformation that my clients need as well. And so I have Mm -hmm. to be willing to walk through that so I can walk them through that. Mm -hmm. And I think in any business, right? Like whether you're a coach or you're making a handmade product that you sell or you're running a bookkeeping business, you aren't going to be able to sell your potential clients on your product if your own confidence is lacking in yourself or your product. Because yes, if you are not 100% sold on what you do, being what that person needs, what you think they're thinking about what you offer is just a reflection of what you are actually thinking about your product or about your offer or about your skills. And so that, whatever comes up there, that's the work you have to do. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And even when you were saying that, I was thinking the thought that you think they're thinking is the one you're thinking, but there's a greater chance they're going to actually start thinking that if it's what you bring into the sales conversation, whatever that looks like, whether it's a post or a call or an ad, People Mm -hmm. feel our emotional energy more than they actually hear our words, right? Right. So cleaning up your own thoughts uh, about your belief in the value that you're adding and the service that you're bringing is the best way to hit your money goal. Whatever your money goal is, it's going to come from your own thoughts about yourself and what you're offering and your belief in those things. Right. And that is like, that's the work that has to be done. That's how you get Mm -hmm. to your, that's how you actually reach and achieve that goal is doing that work that you just mentioned. Yeah. So many people that I work with want it to be about the strategy. They're like, just tell me, do I need to change the price? Do I need to change the offer? And I'm like, it's not, it doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter what the price is. It doesn't matter what the offer is. It matters your belief about it. So how do you coach women through that or yourself through that when there's this part of you that's like, I need to say this a different way. I need to do a discount, like all that kind of stuff. I've never done a discount. Mm -mm. Really? Mm -hmm. 
Do you ever feel tempted to do a discount? No, because I so 100% believe that this offer that I have and every offer that I've had, I was so 100% convinced that that full amount that they were paying was worth the result they were going to get. It was worth the transformation. So whatever, you know, your business clients are offering, right? Whatever that product is, like if they're like, oh yeah, this is worth, you know, $5,000, then they pay $5,000. Right now you have this one offer and this one price, and you know how many of those you need to sell to hit your goal. Do you find that there's a challenge in finding enough people that are interested in your offer? Because that's another thing that a lot of my people talk about is like, how am I going to find enough of those people? Like I know there's however many billion on the planet, but how am I going to connect with enough of those people? Because I think there's also this belief out there that certain people are just doing it right and they're getting a lot of leads and other people aren't doing it right. They're not doing enough reels or whatever. And lately I've been hearing some coaches talk about their budgets for advertising, for example. And I'm like, there is not enough people talking about the fact that you don't just get thousands of leads, you pay for them. This one coach I know paid $30,000 for an ad campaign and got 16,000 leads, but she wouldn't have got those 16,000 leads just from doing reels. Right. So what's some of your strategy for getting your offer in front of more people? So all of my marketing thus far has been organic. And I'm working with an ads manager now, just trying to decide when I'm willing to invest in paying for ads and Mm -hmm. scaling in that way. I didn't anticipate. So this $50,000 a month and this many clients in the academy that made that happen, I didn't anticipate that happening organically. Hmm. I was thinking that that wasn't going to happen really until I was paying for ads because hmm. so my the number of people that I would need in the academy this year to reach that goal of 500k is 200. Okay, so what I always tell people to do is let's look at because when you don't look at it specifically and you think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get there. It's too much money. Nobody wants what I have. It's a you know it's it's a worn out niche or not nobody knows what this means or whatever the Mm. case may be. Nobody knows what this product is. Nobody is coming to me or whatnot. When you actually break it down into how many people you actually need to reach Mm. that revenue goal, you're like, Oh, that's not that many. Yeah. (laughs) Like to meet my hundred K revenue goal was like 30 people. Right. You know? And so most of the time, those people starting out are right in your very own space. If not somebody you're going to be working with directly, it's a friend of a friend. They're going to be like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, do I know somebody who actually is a like has a bookkeeping business? Let me mm-hmm. reach out and find out her name for you. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just what we recognize is like so much of it is just our doubts and our fears. And I know that's not a very practical application, how strategy, but I tell my ladies, I'm like, here's the deal. What you're actually afraid of is somebody telling you no. Mm. You only want the number of leads that is equivalent to the number of people that you would work with to reach your revenue goal. But I'm here to tell you that it's not the number of yeses that make your revenue goal for the year. It's actually the number of no's. So, you know, so if you need 100 no's, You've probably seen this this teaching, but Mm -hmm. if you need 100 no's to reach 40 yeses to make your revenue goal, then you need 140 people, right? 
and then get so, excited about becoming the no Olympian, right? Yes. <laughs> like, let's yes. go collect some no's. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't recommend any paid advertising anytime soon if you're just mm. starting out. It's just unless you just are like, hey, I got somebody invested $150,000 in my startup business and I'm going to go just market mm. it to the world, go at it. But I do more organic marketing. Any advice that you would want to give for women who really want to grow their business this year? They want to do it from that values aligned place. They don't want to hustle and burn out. Mm-hmm. What's your advice for how to grow without the hustle? In terms of like setting really lofty revenue goals and going after them from that kingdom generosity space is that he can do more than we can ever ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm headed for that 500K revenue goal this year because it feels really fun. It feels really doable. But even if it's 200K or 300K, it's still a win-win because I don't have enough power in my humanity to mess it up. Mm, That's so good. (laughs) I don't have enough power in my humanity to mess it up. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, follow along and give us a quick review so that we can get the more heart, less hustle message into the hands of more women. And if you want to take this work even deeper, come check out Life Launch. It's my monthly coaching membership where we take all of these ideas and we apply them to your life so you can get the incredible results for yourself. Check it out at heatherborsma.com. We'll see you next week. Surrender the outcome. Yes. Surrender is actually the title of one of my modules. Oh, cool. (laughs) Isn't that funny? So I love that we have that in common. Um, Yeah. And there was one more thing I did want to add that you just Mm -hmm. said. And, um, but now I can't remember what it is. But yeah, just walking in that hope and that peace um, that you mentioned, but I forgot. So just scratch that. (laughs) All right. So good. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.